Hi, this is Graham Abbott. Welcome to another Classical Uncovered podcast, presented by the Melbourne Recital Centre. This is the second in a two-part series exploring the concept of key. In the previous instalment, we looked at what key is in music and how major scales are constructed. In this part, we'll go a bit further, looking at what it means for a piece to be in a minor key and how a composer changes key in the middle of a piece. Technical terms can sometimes be alienating when it comes to enjoying music. Musicians throw around terms like sonata in D major or quartet in C minor all the time, so these podcasts are aimed at trying to clarify exactly what that means. Having talked about what makes a major scale sound major in our last podcast, the question arises, what is the difference between major and minor? The difference between a major key and a minor key is something which can be picked up orally, and it's a difference which is easily distinguishable with a bit of practice. Let's set up a few ground rules and recap a little. In conventional Western harmony, called diatonic harmony, the basic building block is the semitone, the space between any two keys on the piano which are absolutely next door to each other. Two semitones, make up a tone. So scales, those little ladders of notes which make up most of the conventional music of the past 400 years, are defined by the way in which tones and semitones are arranged. A major scale sounds the way it does because its eight notes are arranged in a particular order of tones and semitones. The seven spaces tucked among the eight notes are a tone, a tone, a semitone, a tone, a tone, a tone, and a semitone. The scale I just played is a scale of C major, so-called because it is a major scale which starts on the note C. A G major scale has the same pattern of tones and semitones, it just starts on the note G. Now, minor scales, like major scales, are named because of the pitch of the note on which they start. But as you might have surmised, a minor scale has a different pattern of tones and semitones. In musical theory, there are two types of minor scale, and this distinction need not bother us unduly now. But for those of you just dying to know, there's the melodic minor scale, which alters depending on whether it's ascending or descending. And there's the harmonic minor scale, which is the same regardless of its direction. Both forms of the minor scale share the same first five notes, however, and that's all we're going to worry about now. 
This is because, in terms of harmony, the essential nature of a major or minor sound is established by notes found in the first five notes of the scale. In the next two things I play on the piano, I want you to focus on the third note of the pattern of five. Here are the first five notes of C major. Now here are the first five notes of C minor. The five notes are identical but for the third note. Here they are again. Major. And minor. The third note of the minor scale is a semitone lower than the third note of a major scale. This is the essential difference between major and minor tonality. But within that semitonal change, there is a world of difference. There's one more musical term I want to explain, and that's chord. A chord is a group of three or more notes which sound simultaneously. Two notes do not make a chord. They make an interval. Hearing just two notes doesn't adequately inform us of the music's harmony. You need to hear three notes sounding together to know what the harmony is. So it takes three or more notes to make a chord. And in terms of harmony, the chord of a particular key is always comprised of the first, third, and fifth notes of the scale. This is why I'm focusing on the first five notes of the scale, and on the third note in particular. Here are the first five notes of C major. And here are the first, third, and fifth notes played separately. And here they are as a chord played simultaneously. Note that the magical third note of the scale, the one that makes the difference between major and minor, is right in the middle of that chord. Now here are the first five notes of C minor. and the first, third, and fifth played separately. And now together as a chord. That's a minor chord. The top and bottom notes are the same as those in the C major chord, but the middle one is a semitone lower. That's what makes the chord minor rather than major. C major, and C minor. One note is a semitone different, but I hope you can hear that the whole feel, the whole flavour of the chord is altered by that one small difference. When some people first encounter this difference, they find it useful to think of major as happy and minor as sad. 
But while this is useful to a point, it can be misleading in some contexts. However, if this is your first exposure to the theory of major and minor chords, then this might be a useful tool. So, what about changing key and moving back to the home key, the tonic key, in the course of a piece? Almost every piece which utilises traditional European harmony of the last four centuries does this. It establishes its home key, moves away from it, then returns to it. This phenomenon is called modulation, and it's vital to a sense of movement and direction in conventional Western music. One of the things which make picking up modulation sometimes difficult to do orally is the fact that a seamless change from one key to another is the hallmark of a good composer. Beethoven is an interesting case in point here, though, because even though he was as capable as the next composer of writing a seamless modulation, he saw expressive possibilities, especially in his middle and later works, of writing modulations which have the seams showing, which draw attention to themselves. He sometimes just crashes into a new key with a violence of a modern abstract painter, in a way that Mozart and Haydn would never have dreamed of. But that's part of the power and newness of his music, a newness we can sense even today. Let's see, though, if we can hear modulation happening. Here's a scale of G major. It contains eight notes with seven different pitch names. G, A, B, C, D, E, F sharp, and G. This last G is said to be an octave away from the lower G, so the scale spans an octave. If a piece is in G major, it normally not only uses these notes, but favours the first, third and fifth notes of the scale. As we've discovered just now, in a normal scale, the first, third and fifth notes form what we call the tonic chord of that scale. In the case of G major, the tonic chord is made up of G, B and D. We're going to focus on a little minuet in G major from J.S. Bach's Anna Magdalena Notebook. It's often said that Bach wrote it, but it's been known for a very long time now that the actual composer was one Christian Petzold, an organist and composer from Bach's time who was based in Dresden. The home key of G major is firmly established right from the start. Indeed, for the entire first half of the piece, 16 bars, only notes from the G major scale are used. It's in the second half that modulation occurs, where the music briefly suggests moving to a different key. This is done by the composer introducing one note which is not in the G major scale, but which is in the key to which he wants the music to move, in this case D major. We start the second half... But here... The note C-sharp is heard. D major has F-sharp and C-sharp in its key signature, and by using C-sharp in this way, we're made to feel at home in D major rather than G.
but as quickly as it was introduced, the C-sharp is changed back in bar 24 to C-natural. And our ears feel at home again in G major, where the music began, by the time it ends. I'll play the whole piece through and see if you can hear that moment where we briefly leave our harmonic home and return. Now the key to which the music moved, D major, is a very special key in terms of its relationship to G major, the home key. If we count up the scale of G, the note D is the fifth note of the scale. In musical jargon, the fifth note is known as the dominant degree of the scale. Without going into the reasons why this is so, suffice to say that this relationship of tonic to dominant is very closely connected with the natural phenomenon known as the harmonic series. In any case, the most common and traditional form of modulation when it occurs is from the tonic to the dominant and back again. Whether we're talking about Handel oratorios, Bach suites, Haydn quartets, Beethoven symphonies, Mozart operas and much else besides. When mainstream music doesn't modulate to the dominant, it's always commented upon. So standard and expected is this form of modulation. There's a lot to unpack here, and I hope I've been of some help in clarifying these important concepts. Let's finish in the minor key, with the companion minuet to the one by Petzold we just heard, and which Bach also copied into the notebook for his second wife. It's in G minor, and in Petzold's sources it's clear that the G major minuet is intended to be played before and after the minor key piece. For all its simplicity, the minor key minuet is very beautiful. I hope you can join me for the next Classical Uncovered podcast, presented by the Melbourne Recital Centre. Technical production for this podcast was by Duncan Yardley, and my name's Graham Abbott.